Hey, hello, I'm Dr. Edwards again with Lunch and Rant, your favorite healthcare podcast. At least for now, if I ever run out of things to rant about in healthcare, I'll start in on something else. Let me rant about something right now I think more people need to know about, and that is what we like to call disparate outcomes in healthcare. Now, what does that mean? It means some people get better care than others. Some people have better outcomes. And these outcomes, unfortunately, are largely determined along race lines, socioeconomic lines, and gender lines. And uh, to be very straight up, right, that people who are classified as white or more white in appearance tend to have better outcomes than people who are classified, would classify themselves or classified by others as being uh, African-American or black or descended from slaves, right? Uh, and, and this is a problem because, uh, first of all, people who are on the more impoverished end, who are also getting, in general, poor care, are also the people doing the work in this country. And what I mean by that is we're talking about the people that are working in Starbucks. We're talking about the people that are working at Walmart in often the grocery store, right? Um, They do a lot. They do a lot. They work in our factories. They work in Amazon. They deliver our stuff to us. So these are not people that are laying around, not doing anything, not contributing to our economy. They are. Um, And not to say that people who aren't doing that don't matter because Of course they do, but the truth is our society does not function without people who do the work that we consider to be at the bottom end of the rung of economic viability. Meaning, I promise you right now, my hospital would not function without the janitors, right? Wherever you're working, probably not gonna function without the people that clean the place. Not gonna work without the people that stock the place. Don't work without the people that bring the mail. Like I could go on, um, and includes mail carriers. Like mail carriers don't get paid a ton of money either. So these people are getting poorer care. And it's also poorer based on socioeconomic and racial class. I find that, I find that disturbing. Um, I, I think one of the things we wanna look at is maternal perinatal mortality. It is significantly higher for women of color, particularly black women, than it is for white women. Um, uh, So, and that's also infant mortality. So infant mortality in the United States is significantly higher than it should be for really any, uh, any country as westernized as we are. So our infant deaths per 1,000 live births is in general higher than five. So, and it's highest among the South. And this is not surprising. There's a lot of poverty in the South. Um, So non-Hispanic black people, the infant mortality is 10.8. Whereas among non-Hispanic white people, it's half that, it's 4.6. There is nothing inherently physiologically or anatomically different about black women giving birth than there is about white women. The anatomic and physiological differences are not there. It's it's really the health, the starting health, 
and it's how they're treated. Um, the Asian mortality is least of all, which is 3.6, so somebody's getting better care, uh, meeting the standard. Um, the other thing I, I want to point out is this is not just for, for maternal mortality or infant mortality. It's also every other, every other type of health statistic. So, you know, if you look at basically how long people live, it's shorter for people uh, that are black or people of color. Um, if you look at their disease burden, it's worse. So they tend to have diabetes, they tend to be obese, um, they tend to smoke, right? So, so every kind of outcome is worse. And people are, well, are you well smoking and diabetes are choices? Well, they're not, they're not. Um, Yes, people do start smoking. People usually start smoking for socioeconomic reasons, especially today. It's not like people don't know that smoking is problematic. Uh, uh, so they do it for a reason, and whatever that reason may be, it's higher with people who are poor, whether they're white or black. It's higher in poor countries too, right? Um, so there's clearly a larger problem there than, well, people are just making poor choices. Additionally, with diabetes, right, and, and obesity. Obesity is terrible, and we could talk about the reasons for this, but when you're looking at a population that is more than 50% obese, this is not due to choice. And I think people really need to get past that. I think people need to get past the fact, well, you're the one putting the food in your mouth. Uh, no, no, there's something else going on. If I you know, saw a bunch of people sitting at a bakery eating all day, and that's all they did, I would really wanna start looking for metabolic causes for why they want that much sugar. And why do people put on weight despite the fact that they work out? Like what is going on, right? We're not asking ourselves that nearly enough. And we tend to blame the people that have the problems, just like we blame the people, their socioeconomic status, they don't wanna work, whatever the issue is, they don't wanna to go to school, right? We wanna say these things, but in fact, that's not really it. Destiny is determined by zip code. Uh, you don't really have a choice of where you're born, right? That's, that's pretty pure. And as a physician, as somebody who really genuinely cares about people, and, and I think most physicians do, I do not want to think that I treat people differently based on whether they're homeless or they're African-American or people of some version of Latinx descent or they're transgender or gay because that is not what I'm called to do and that's not what's in the Hippocratic Oath. The reality is that certainly whether or not we're failing as individuals, we are failing as a system and we don't have near enough urgency about this. Because again, this is our future. These are the people that are doing the work that makes it possible for other people to do the work, that makes it possible for other people to do the work and on and on. Sacrificing the health of an entire broadband of our society because essentially we don't feel like fixing it is is really heartbreaking and it's also extra dumb it's really extra dumb and i i can't i just can't get past that um in this political situation can we make it better as uh, as individuals no i think uh, we really need to start by acknowledging it and i think we need to start by acknowledging it as physicians and and nurses because we're the leaders in the healthcare system and and one thing i would recommend to people who are in the healthcare system is look you don't know what your inherent biases may be they exist they're they're subconscious 
maybe start out by just working extra hard, extra hard for people that generally get worse care to give them the best care possible. You know, just, just be mindful would be my first suggestion. And my second suggestion is really to the people that find themselves in that position, advocate for yourself. I had a patient not too long ago who, um, who had some ankle pain and he started out seeing a nurse practitioner and, and she was going to send him home with uh, an ankle sprain. And it kind of looked like that, but he was like, no, I want to see the doctor. And I have to restrain myself because often when I'm in the emergency department, I'm really busy and I don't have time to see every patient who thinks that the mid-level is wrong. And, and I know that's a bad attitude and I get it, but it's, it's hard because remember that other thing I was telling you about in the last one, which is, man, I am tired. Uh, so I don't, I don't have time and I'm like, fine. Right? And I go over and see him and the guy's like, you know, I'm so glad you're here. Um, and he was an African American gentleman and he was young, had a lot of tattoos. Um, you know, not that that should mean anything, but, but perhaps it indicates something to some people. And he said, look, my ankle really hurts and I know it's not a sprain. And I was like, okay, well, let me take a look at it. Right. So I really had to reset my brain to look at it as a completely new thing. Uh, and then I, well, you know, I generally like to take what people say and consider that high on my priority. Like if you really think something's wrong and I don't, I'm gonna look for something. So in this case, I ordered some labs and I really did a better exam and I started to look more deeply. And the truth is the guy has dark skin and that could sometimes be really difficult to tell if there's cellulitis. But when I look closer, I saw that it was a little bit redder than the other skin. And my labs indicated actually that he had an infection. And so what ended up happening with this patient is instead of discharging him with an ankle sprain, I actually started him on IV antibiotics and he ended up being what we call septic, which means he had an infection in his system. So his advocacy really saved him. You know, are Asian people and Caucasian people better at advocating for themselves? Probably not, probably not. Uh, do they have higher expectations? of the medical system, I would imagine so, based on past experience. But the truth is, sometimes the only one who's gonna stick up for you is you. And so if you're a person uh, you know, in a discriminated class, which by the way can include women, you advocate for yourself. And yeah, you're gonna annoy some people. You might even annoy me. But you're the only one that truly, truly knows where you're at and what's going on with you. And if you don't advocate for yourself, Quite genuinely, our modern medical system doesn't have time for you. So, <laughs> and does that suck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want that for myself either. And I, and I think that's one of the things that drives me nuts as a, as a clinician to realize that quite frequently the care that I'm giving to people in the emergency department is not the care I want to receive. And just imagine how much that breaks my heart because it does, it does. So, uh, you know, first of all, Hug an emergency medicine doctor or emergency medicine nurse today. Actually, don't, because <laughs> we're very standoffish. But but maybe ask us, you know, or or you know, give us a good job because we're dying out there. But uh, but also just recognize that your clinicians are on the edge, your nurses are on the edge, and the only way things are going to change is if you advocate for yourself and you advocate for yourself not just with us but with your congressman with your senator, with your state senator and your state legislator 
to look into corporate medical groups, to look into healthcare disparities, to look into how we're funding healthcare and really figure out, hey, is you know Medicare for all the way to go with this? Because I'm telling you now, it isn't. And more on that next time. Um, all right, this has been Dr. Edwards with Lunch and Rant, and I really look forward to hearing from you. Please follow my podcast. Please comment. Please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, send me email, uh, whatever you want to do. And remember, I am running my own direct primary care clinic here in Oceanside, California, and I'm always happy to get new business. Talk to you next time.